Hi everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Capricorn Diaries. So I'm super excited for this podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about tarot, but I guess not about tarot in a very rigid way or not in the way that I usually see tarot talked about, which is sort of like a module or like it's a lesson. I guess what I want to talk more about is how tarot functions in day-to-day life. Which, of course, I mean, you still have to go through the meanings and sort of the technicalities of it. But in this podcast, I want to talk more about manifestation. So that's why we're calling it the Capricorn Diaries. Because, surprise, I'm a Capricorn. And I guess this is going to be more in a diary format. So more talking about personal experiences. And just so you guys know what to expect from this podcast moving forward, I will be having some guests on. and. Yeah. My name is Weena and I will be the host of this podcast. Just to talk about how I started with tarot. Because I'm sure a lot of you guys are probably interested in starting your own tarot practice. Or a lot of you guys are probably also trying to find a good entry point into tarot. And I started super casually. I had a roommate and she was really into tarot and at first I just used to think that it was kind of funny like she'd pull stuff like the devil and I'd be like oh what's that about and she'd be like it doesn't really mean that satan is after you it just means blah 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 (laughs) and I didn't really take it seriously or see it as sort of a form of therapy I guess until 2015 So in 2015, my roommate was doing my tarot cards as usual, and she pulled the death card for me. And just like the devil, the the thing that people usually say is like, oh, don't worry about the death card. It doesn't mean literal death. Like it can mean transformation, etc. But in my case, it did end up being literal death. So the story is about to take a dark turn. My dad died um, a few days later. And yeah, so after that, I was just sort of thinking if I had sort of seen that warning in the cards earlier, then maybe I could have gone home earlier to be with my dad. And after that, well, after my dad died, obviously I was sort of coping with a lot of grief and yeah, it just really helped. It sort of helped me flesh out the way that I feel because I'm not good at that. (laughs) So I guess talking about an introduction to myself as the host of this podcast, I am a Capricorn son, which means... I'm a Capricorn. And I suppose one of the common traits that I've seen with Capricorns is we tend to be very hesitant about talking about our feelings. And I suppose that is where I'm coming from with tarot and how I see tarot. So when I started, I sort of saw tarot as just, you know, something for funsies. And I've noticed that a lot of people sort of see tarot as this mystical thing. Like, oh, like you're going to read my tarot cards and suddenly I'm going to be super enlightened or I'm going to find out what my future holds. And for me, that's not really how I see it. Of course, it's perfectly fine Like if you see it that way or if you're more at ease with seeing it that way. But for me, I tend to approach everything from kind of this very skeptical standpoint. So yeah, I really, I was sort of trying to 
I guess, come to terms with how tarot was working and how I didn't quite want to believe it. And my roommate told me something very interesting. She said, you know, the thing about randomness is that it still has a pattern. So naturally, things have patterns. Like the most random thing is going to point you to the same things. So it's actually a false notion that if something is random, there's no logic to it. And so she told me that if I have trouble sort of grappling with the more mystical aspects of tarot, I might want to see tarot instead as a tool or something to better illustrate the energies around me. And so that's where I'm coming from (laughs) with tarot. And for this first episode, I want to talk about the Fool card. So just for you guys who may not be familiar with the tarot system, I'll try and break it down for you guys. So in the tarot, we have two kinds of cards. So we have the minor arcana cards, which focus more on day-to-day things, like day-to-day happenings. And then we have the major arcana cards. So the major arcana cards are kind of interesting because they sort of stand for major life events. But at the same time, they're a little bit easier to read, I think, because the meanings are more simplified. I guess if you think about the major arcana, it's like a word. And the minor arcana is more like a sentence or a paragraph. So for this first episode, we will be starting with the first card, or actually not even the first card, the number zero card in the major arcana, which is the fool. So it sounds kind of funny to begin the journey with the fool. But the funny thing about the fool is we all kind of start out as fools in life, right? When we get born, we don't know anything. Like we don't even know how to talk. And that sort of carries over into this, I guess, where throughout our lives, there are multiple times when we feel like the fool. So first, I will give you guys a commonplace sort of meaning of the card or what people usually associate with it. And... Within tarot, we usually have two types of meanings. So we have the upright meaning, meaning if you draw the card upright, then it means this. And then we have the reversed meaning. So if you draw the card like this and it's reversed, then it means something else. A lot of tarot readers don't like reading reversals because they think that you can sort of check what the card means depending on the cards that surround it. But I personally like reversals and I like that it gives me a little more clarity. So for this podcast, we will be talking about reversals. So in particular, the Fool card, if it's upright, stands for beginnings, innocence, spontaneity, free-spiritedness, and sort of this feeling of being so divinely inspired that you could walk off a cliff and you'd be fine. And in fact, in the card itself, if you look at the illustration, it is literally a guy trying to walk off a cliff, but he's really happy. So if you've ever felt like that, you know how <laughs> you know how the fool feels. And reversed, usually it means that you're holding back, that you're being reckless, and that you are taking risks. So you'll notice from those definitions that if a card is reversed, it can either mean the card meaning taken to the extreme or the complete opposite of that. So for example, if I were to get the full reversed, I would read it as, okay, so this person is either holding back or they're so ready to jump off a cliff, they're willing to spend all of their savings on a tetra pack of juice, something like that. So something that completely doesn't make sense. And personally, for me, 
I've learned to associate the fool with work and career and love. And I'm not sure if it's just because I am kind of a workaholic and I am kind of addicted to work that (laughs) that's how this card has manifested for me. Like I tend to be really stupid when it comes to thinking about like, yeah, I want to achieve that or yeah, I want to do this. Like I don't care about the implications of how busy I will be or what it will end up doing to me as long as I can get there. And of course, with love, haven't we all been stupid about love at some point? And I guess because I don't think about love a lot, when it does hit me or when something love-like does happen, I tend to be extra, extra, extra kind of stupid. (laughs) So I'll give you guys some examples. So I've drawn this card upright for a couple of occasions. The first one would be when I landed the job that I currently have now. And in general, I feel like for me anyway, whenever I've gotten the fool for something new, it has been a good experience. I don't think I've ever gotten it upright for something that turned out to be bad. And I guess that's something that can be contested by other people. Like I feel like for some people, maybe they feel like that was a false nudge. Like the card said, oh, okay, like you should do this. But then it didn't turn out so well. But for me, it has never turned out like that. So for me, the full upright has been a pretty good experience so far. Yeah, so I got the full upright when I started my new job, wherein I knew absolutely nothing coming in, except that I'm, I guess like you can learn on your toes or there are lots of things that you can BS and then eventually learn, like fake it till you make it. And I also got the full a lot for when I've developed like major crushes on people. And usually it's like, I don't even know that I have a crush on this person. I'm just like, what's happening? And then there will be the fool and then some other card that has to do with love beside it. Yeah. (laughs) So I think some of the things that people tend to ask whenever I do readings for them and we get the fool is like, is it definite? Does this mean that it will work out? Are the cards counseling me to be stupid? And Previously, when I started, I did tend to read it that way. Like I sort of read it as, yeah, girl, like just you do you or whatever. But after reading for a longer period of time, I've sort of realized that maybe it's not that simple. Like I think the card of the fool can be both encouragement and caution. Like it can say something to you like, you know, it's great that you are super into this and that you are going to begin this but also be cautious because you might not feel so good about walking off that cliff and I kid you not every single time that I have drawn this card reversed something bad has happened to me so I mean I don't mean that in a predictive way I mean it more in a reflective way I guess that whenever I've drawn this card reversed and sort of ignored that warning to be more cautious, things haven't turned out that well. (laughs) So one example would be the time that I got robbed while walking home from work. Although that wasn't really, it wasn't completely a bad experience because of everyone who got robbed, the thing that got stolen from me didn't have anything in it. So (laughs) I got the full reversed in my weekly spread. And as I was walking home, surprisingly enough, on a ledge, Uh, Or like the overpass, if you guys have ever been on that overpass. The one from BGC going to Makati. So I was on that overpass in a jeep. And then this guy was trying to steal from people. And then some guy caught him and was like, Oh, like stop, like magnanakaw, whatever. And then everybody sort of got into this weird 
fight where everyone was trying to hold him down but then we were on the bridge so we didn't know what to do with him exactly but anyway so after the police came and that was dealt with I realized that he did take something from me that was in the pocket of my bag but it was an empty pencil case so that was fine and I was lucky but yeah so I guess I tend to see reversed cards more as a warning than anything else, which is why I like to read reversals. Because I think maybe for some people who may not be as cerebral in their practice as me, it would sort of be fine for them to just kind of read it upright. But for me, I think I really need to read it reversed. So in a way, that's kind of what my experience with The Fool has been. Um, Another way that I tend to read The Fool is as a blockage or as something that you can change or you can do something about. So for example, if I pull the fool and it's in between two cards that signify something really important, like let's say um, I'm doing a reading about love. Love. Let's make it simple because everyone, you know, everyone's interested in love. So let's say I'm fool, I, I pull the fool and it's between two cards like one that means disaster and another one that means like prosperity and let's say the fool is walking into the disaster i would also read the story and what's happening exactly in that spread so i don't think that it's as clear cut yeah i don't think it's as clear cut as a lot of people think it might be but i think that there is definitely a lot of meaning that you can get from reading the position of the cards and reading what the cards look like in terms of the story. So if the same situation were given and the the fool was reversed, then I would sort of see it as which choice would be the wiser choice to make. Yeah. So I guess after reading tarot for a while, my opinion has really changed on what the fool means or what the fool can mean. I guess initially I sort of thought the fool was kind of like a starter card or like a card that would be encouraging me to do something or always thinking or like meaning something positive or whatever I was reading for. But now I think it probably really depends on the situation. (laughs) And I think it's more nudging you to consider a beginning or nudging you to consider starting something but not necessarily advice i think it can be dangerous if you take the fool as advice right and i'm very interested as well in how the fool has sort of manifested for other people i know some friends of mine who've pulled the fool and it's been like super good for them like i have a friend who migrated to australia and Around two months before that, she pulled the fool and she took it as, okay, I'm going to do something that I always thought was kind of reckless, which was apply for a job that was overseas against the approval of her parents and even like her boyfriend. So I guess in that sense, it can be advice. But then I also know some people who sort of misinterpreted the fool and... Or well, maybe it's bad to say misinterpreted. Like, who am I to say that they misinterpreted it? Like, maybe they sort of enjoyed that also. Or maybe not heeding the warning was its own adventure, right? So, yeah. So I guess it really it really sort of depends. But for me, for me personally, I think The Fool is more about 
inspiration and knowing the line between inspiration and stupidity. Like it's it sounds very poetic and like interesting. Like, ooh, like would you walk off a cliff even if you knew that you were going to fall? But at the same time, it's like, girl, would you walk off a cliff if you knew that you were going to fall? <laughs> so it's more about that duality. Yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, I'm more interested in exploring the questions or like why do these things mean these things? So I guess that's basically how I see it now. It's more about investigating the beginning and why you would want to begin something in the first place. Okay, so now we'll move on to answering some questions from you guys over on Instagram. Also, we'll be opening the ask box over there every week. So you guys should keep an eye out for that. We're open to all questions that have to do with tarot. And just to be clear, not about tarot, like not as something to have a tarot reading for, but something more about the practice of tarot. So for example, um, does tarot predict your death? Something like that. Like something more conceptual, I guess, about tarot. Okay, so I'll be answering this week's questions. The first question that we have is, how accurate are tarot readings? So in my personal experience, tarot readings have been almost eerily accurate. So like I said, I am sort of naturally a skeptical person. So I would not be here if it didn't work. But just to give you guys sort of a clearer picture of how tarot has sort of shown itself to me as something that is accurate. Um, I usually do um, like weekly spreads. So one card per day and then one advice card per day. And more often than not, something has happened to be in line with the cards that I've pulled out. So at my old job, for example, I pulled a death card and then the eight of wands reversed. So the death card can mean literal death or it can also mean transformation. And the eight of wands reversed means like something going slowly or something that is slow beginning to move. And on that day, my friend whose mom was sort of battling cancer passed away. So I sort of took that as that death that has slowly been happening, like sort of finally happening or finally coming to an end. So I would say that tower readings are pretty accurate. Um, although I think that a lot of people sort of like testing that accuracy. And when you frame a question in that way, I don't think tarot necessarily works. Because the thing about tarot is, I think it has to be very situation specific. And it also has to be time bound, which kind of reminds me a little bit of like, when you set smart objectives, like they need to be time bound. But yeah, they do need to be time bound. Like you can't ask the cards something like, am I going to be successful? Yeah, like that's not a good question because it's too vague. So in that sense, the cards might give you something that doesn't seem to make sense or something that isn't very clear. But if you were to ask, will this be a good fiscal year for my company? Then the cards will probably give you a more concrete answer. So yeah, as to the accuracy of tower readings, I think they're pretty accurate. Although I think that the questions need to be framed very well. 
Okay, our next question is pretty funny. And it's one that you will sort of encounter a lot if you end up tarot reading. Even if you're just like a casual tarot reader, if you try to bring out your cards at a cafe, most likely one of the people passing by will sort of stop and be like, hey, so I just want to ask you something. Isn't tarot like the work of the devil? (laughs) And that is our second question. Is tarot the work of the devil? So, I think for you to consider tarot the work of the devil, you would first have to believe in the devil. And for me personally, I don't believe in the devil. I probably believe in people having great, like, good sides and super bad, evil sides. But in that case, I don't think it applies to tarot. So, I don't think that tarot is the work of the devil. I think it has a lot of mystical associations and a lot of associations to the Freemasons and all of that, which is probably why people think of devil worship. But surprisingly, a lot of the imagery in tarot is actually very Catholic-centric or like Christian-centric. For example, there's a card called Judgment, which features an angel calling all of the dead up from their graves because it's Judgment Day. And we have a card that's called um, The Lovers. And The Lovers portrays um, two lovers, very reminiscent of Adam and Eve. And on one side, there's paradise. On the other side, there is decay. And there's a snake wrapped around a tree. So again, very Catholic in that sense. But yeah, I definitely don't think that the tarot is the work of the devil. A lot of people tend to think of tarot as like the spirit speaking to you. But like I said, I like to think about it more as energies being read or kind of using tarot as a barometer for what's going on around you. And from a psychologist's kind of point of view, I'm not a psychologist, by the way, but I did graduate with a degree in psychology. Part of what we learned in class was how to read projective tests. So a projective test is something like the Rorschach test or the house tree road test where someone draws something and each thing has an interpretation set to it. So I think tarot probably works more like that. So we have the textbook meaning and then we have the meaning coming from the querent or the client themselves. And of course, there's also the way that you, the reader or the interpreter, looks at the story. So no, I don't think tarot is the work of the devil unless the devil is a psychologist. (laughs) And unless the devil is, I don't know, Ryder Waite Smith. (laughs) And I don't think they were evil. So okay, Um, our last question is, does tarot tell you what you want to hear? Okay, hmm, I think this is a very tricky question because, like I said, I do tend to view tarot as energy reading. And so, in that sense, I do think that sometimes the way that you feel or the, what you want to happen does influence the cards, which is why I actually prefer to draw the cards for my client rather than have them do it. Because I know a lot of tarot readers are like, no, like the client has to feel the energy of the card. So they have to be the ones to draw it. But for me personally, in my practice, I would rather be the one to draw it. Because I do feel like what the client wants does tend to sort of show up in the cards sometimes. But even then, I think 
what you want can only skew the reading, but it will never change the meaning of the card or the whole spread entirely. And I think that there are always small hints or small cues within the reading. Okay, so I'll give you guys an example just so it's a little bit clearer. So a lot of people tend to ask like, does my crush like me back? It seems like a very juvenile question, but I think it's one that's important to everyone. (laughs) And so when people ask that, sometimes the cards will say mostly yes, but then they'll have another card that sort of warns you that this is probably what the person wants to hear, if that makes sense. So a, a card like that would be the Seven of Cups. The Seven of Cups is a card that's all about illusion and all about sort of making up these fantasies in your mind. So maybe all of the cards are positive, but if you get that card at the end or if you get that card to clarify one of the super amazing yes cards, then that's already sort of a tip that like, oh, okay, this is probably what the client wants to hear. And there are some decks also, some decks that have more than one meaning. Like they combine the cards. So there's a deck called the Illuminated Tarot. And the normal tarot deck has 78 cards. That one only has 68 or 65 because some of the cards are combined. So that then would give you context to what the exact meaning of the card in that reading is. So for example, in that card, the Eight of Pentacles and the World are combined. So it would mean learning which is the Eight of Pentacles, and completion or finishing something, which is the world. So those two things would kind of go together. And then it would sort of inform whatever it is that you're asking. Yeah. So does tarot tell you what you want to hear? It considers what you would want to hear. But I don't think that it necessarily tells you what you want to hear. Right. Okay, so that's kind of it for our first episode and I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. Thank you again for listening. If you want more of the Capricorn Diaries, just check us out on Instagram. It's at the Capricorn Diaries. The Capricorn Diaries is produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. They also have a bunch of other great shows that you might be interested in. You guys can check them out at facebook.com slash bigbaby and at itsabigbaby.com. And that's it. See you guys next time. Bye.